might be a Viking or a Saxon or a Roman, but tell me, do you like them? Would you sex them? Would you bone them? Would you go to bed with King Ethelred? Would you bunk William the Conqueror up in the sheets with Samuel Pepys? Mussolini was a meanie, led a fascist insurrection, but does he make you creamy? Does he give you an erection? Would you pork Richard the Duke of York? Does a boner start when you think of Bonaparte? Are you sexually aroused at the thought of Pol Pot? Historical Hot or Not? Hello, welcome to Historical Hot or Not. This is a bonus band. This isn't a full episode. It's a little uh, bonus thing to keep you tidying over until we release some more full episodes. It kind of is the same format. We are going to look at someone or something from history and say whether we'd have sex with it. Main difference is I haven't bothered to write an introduction. So it's essentially like a lazier version of uh, the regular episode. It's a historical hot or not after dark. (laughs) It's uh, the after dark version where we're doing the same thing, but it's full frontal. Unfortunately, because it's a podcast, you can't see any of it. But just imagine it. Just imagine her minge in my cock and uh, let's get on We have some correspondence. The first, like, four episodes were, rele- were recorded before the first episode was released. So we actually do have some correspondence. Um, in the first episode, we talked about... Now, I think it was episode two, Jane Full, we talked a little bit about how the King's Toilet Advisor was one of the most revered jobs in the land because you had the ear of the monarch. Um, Mandy McCarthy wrote in to say they were called the Groom of the Stool. They actually had mm. an official title. Groom of the stool sounds like a sort of misogynistic wedding gag. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Something the best man would say at the end of his speech. So <laughs> I'll hand you over to the, the groom of the stool. Uh, but no, it was actually an official job title in uh, oil painting times. Mm, I'd say either that or it sounds like somebody is trying to get underage poops to have <laughs> sex with them. Yeah, they've just been slowly acting like a kindly uncle to a little turd. And, <laughs> but then slowly started complimenting them on how they look and then eventually asking, do you have a boyfriend? And before you know it... So anyway, thank you for writing in. Thanks for writing in, man. You offered us a historical fact and we just turned it into uh, bawdy crap like we always do. Literally a bawdy mm-hmm. crap in, in, in this in this respect. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do best. Exactly. It's, like, it's all we can do. It's all we can do. You know, look, if we could do a philosophy podcast like Sam Harris or... Anything of actual cultural or intellectual worth, we'd be doing it. Let's not confuse that. If we had ability, we would practice that ability. We don't. That's why we're talking about whether or not we'd bang archbishops from the 12th century. We don't have anything else. We don't even have history degrees. We're just a bit horny. And this is how we're channeling that horn. This next one is from Callum Walker. You were talking about all the cock you'd seen in uh, Pompeii. I don't mean you'd been promiscuous in Italy. I mean, you said in Pompeii, although I'm sure you were. You said in Pompeii, there were penises carved into everything. Callum Walker says, penises in Pompeii are allegedly pointing to brothels. Now, I looked into this. Thanks for writing in, Callum. That allegedly is the key word there, because it it looks like it's not true. According to Atlas Obscura, this is disputed, as the phallic symbols may be everywhere because it was believed it would distract the gaze of the evil eye, the the evil eye being the Roman embodiment of uh, bad luck. According to Bad Ancient, if an individual caught the gaze of the eye, they might suffer bad luck, but the eye was fickle and its gaze could be caught and deflected by certain objects and images, of which phallic imagery was one. 
Broadly speaking, the evil eye could become fascinated by wondrous, bizarre, and bawdy images and thus destructed from harming people. Uh, I quite like this this religion they have, where all you've got to do to distract Satan is uh, flash a cock and balls in his eye. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? If Catholicism was more like that, I think I'd still be a Catholic. Ed, and what's that cock and ball above you doors? Uh, oh, it's to distract the devil. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll carry on. It's very normal. I, I, I was going to chastise you for being rude, but actually, no, no, of course. Uh, the devil is easily distracted. All it takes is a penis. To be fair, it distracted, it, it caught my evil eye. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Catholicism, you know, they make you say seven Hail Marys and feel guilty for four decades. And it's just, if, if all I had to do was draw a shaft and some testes, I would have been a much happier little Catholic boy. Yeah. I wonder if the devil. Um, I wonder if the devil's gay, and that's why he's distracted by cocks. Or could he also be distracted by Fanny? Because you did say that you did see Fannies engraved into things as well, right? Well, there's artworks of Fannies, but there wasn't like no carvings of Fannies really. But then I guess that's because, as we discussed at the time, it's much harder to draw one that would be instantly recognisable if you're in a rush which I assume people who are graffitiing are. And they've not really got stencils in the same way. Yeah, because it could be like, what is that? Is that a sideways view of a bacon sandwich? I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it a stylized or... Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's not going to distract the evil eye. Just draw a penis. No. It's much more to the point. Thanks for writing in, Callum. It does sound like I just shat on your facts on air. And we did. It's bullshit, Callum. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, fuck off with your non-facts, Callum. No, I, sh- I shouldn't say that because um, I actually work with Callum. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, we do like you, Callum. It's just, it's funnier if I tell you to fuck yourself. So fuck yourself, Callum. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart. This week's bonus bang. My turn to present something to Kath. You'd like to open your e-tro that? Yeah, it's open. Hopefully people won't figure out who I'm talking about too quickly. Mm-hmm. And now of mystery is always fun. Yeah. This week I'm presenting to you Mr. Shroud. Mm. He's approximately 800 years old and he is from Turin. Mm. Okay, I think I might know who this is. <laughs> How have you figured it out? I don't understand from this picture. Is it a piece of cloth with Jesus on it? Is it? What what he got wrapped in? Because I've got to be honest, this picture that you've sent me is very, very detailed. <laughs> it's one of the most detailed we've done so far. <laughs> yeah. So that it is just a piece of cloth, what a dead body got wrapped in and then leaked a bit onto. I think that's why he's covering his nads. Because he knows how detailed the yeah. shroud's going to be. And it's like, I don't want everyone to see my small dick. Yeah, and it really, truly is a shame that he's covering his cock and balls. Because that's the only thing you're interested in. Yeah, yeah, that's what we want to know about here at Historical Hot <laughs> or Not. And also, he's got a full beard, and his hair's quite well combed. And his eyes... Oh, no, his eyes are shut. I was going to say, they kind of look to be open. They do, actually. I've never, I always yeah. thought they were open, but actually, you're right. They, they are closed. Mm. Blinked when the shits are opened. I, I'll be honest... Currently, no, I wouldn't bang a piece of cloth. <laughs> I usually like to have some substance. Not just not just hessian weaved together. Uh-huh, with corpse juice in it. <laughs> well, the thing is, I can say you could have sex with this. Just because you could doesn't mean you should, Aiden. <laughs> no, I think it does. I think it does. I think if you could have sex with something, <laughs> you should have sex with something. That's, that's my view on mm. this. Basically, I was trying to figure out when I thought of doing this, how would you actually have sex with it? And I came up with the conclusion that you should... You know if you're vigorously drying your undercarriage by holding the towel behind mm. you on one end and in front of you on the other, 
and then moving it back yeah. and forth to create a heat friction. I can mm. do that enough uh, and you could successfully stimulate um, your ass, gooch and clit with with the Turing shred. But how, how pissed would the people at the museum be? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just say, I'm just paying my respects to this fake Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing now, Kath, but next time you're in Italy, you'll be saying to whoever you're with, do you mind if we go to Turin? No reason. I just want to, I've said it's nice this time of year. I just want to dry my minge on a historical artifact. <laughs> I just want to dry my minge on Christ. That's all I want to do. Um, so for those who do not know what the Turin Shroud is, According to Wikipedia, it's a length of linen cloth bearing the negative image of a man. Some describe the image as depicting Jesus of Nazareth and believe the fabric is the burial shroud in which he was wrapped after crucifixion. Wikipedia describes him as, it says he has a beard, a moustache, shoulder-length hair parted in the middle. He is muscular and tall. Uh, various experts have measured him hair as five foot, six, five foot seven to six foot two. You like tall men, Kath. This is a win for you, right? Well, not if it's the lower end, because he's the same height as me. But if it's the higher end, that's a good thing. If you kn- Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. If you knew he was definitely six foot two, would you bang the cheering shroud? I guess what you're asking is, I- I'd bang Jesus. <laughs> if he looked exactly like he does in the shroud. Well, that's the thing. It, it almost doesn't matter, right? Because if you could be like, I've banged Jesus, then people would be like, oh, what, like some guy from Spain? And you'd be like, no. We've all banged a Jesus, Kath. Yeah, I'm talking Jesus, like the Jesus. You, It does almost doesn't matter what he looks or smells like, or even what is, how misogynistic he is, because he, <laughs> he's going to be pretty misogynistic. It's of the time. Yeah. You'd still be like, I just... I just want to be able to tell people I've banged Jesus and not texted him back. Are you one of those people that will just bang anyone who's famous, Kath? No, I've never banged a famous person. Is that because you haven't had the opportunity? Yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> if you had, you'd be like, I'm in. And I can hear it is Piers Morgan, he's famous, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'd be naming names. Um, <laughs> no, we've we've already been over, I don't have the social skills for that. Uh, and I, I like to be in bed for nine. You would be a whore, but you're bad at small talk. Yeah, 100%. So I think what we're saying is... Uh, I would bang Jesus. I would not bang a piece of cloth. And I feel like you're going to keep trying to make me say well, that I'd bang a piece of cloth. Well. <laughs> and I'm not... You're not going to do it. Not, I'm not going to bang a piece of cloth with corpse juice on it. Well, you can at least use it as a sanitary pad or something. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the corpse juice element that I'm struggling with, really. Okay, two things. This could go one of either way, right? Because... You say you would ban Christ, but this almost certainly isn't Christ for reasons we'll get into in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. On the plus side, because it's not, it's actually reckoned to be a, a fakery painted on. What? Then actually, you're not really going to get corpse juice on. There is some red on it that some people say, oh, is that blood? But actually, they actually reckon it's iron. Basically, the worst thing you might get is some lead poisoning from, from this shroud blast that you're going to give yourself. Um, anyway. I'm not, though. <laughs> You're ruining all the dramatic tension. I didn't ruin your episodes by just going, nope, 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 nope. I've written a whole bloody episode here. I'm so sorry, let's go. Okay. According to Inquest on the Shroud of Turin, latest scientific findings from Prometheus books, and the French archivist Emmanuel Paul, the first possible historical record of the Shroud of Turin dates from 1353 or 1357, and the first certain record is from 1390, when Bishop Pierre de Arqui in Lyrie, France, wrote a memorandum to anti-Pope Clement VII, stating that the Shroud was a forgery and that the artist had confessed. What I like about this is, 
People still entertain the idea that this isn't actually an image of Christ. But the first record of it is someone going, definitely fake. At a time when (laughs) science was not something that was revered in any way. Even then, people were looking at this and going, it's fake. And there's literally someone putting their hand up and going, yes, I painted that fake Jesus. And yet, still (laughs) now, even popes now still go, who knows? Well, fucking you in the 14th century. So I'm pretty sure we know now. Everyone. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> even though, like, they've carbon dated this, and even though they, they admitted it at the time, there are people who try and argue that it could be real. So they've carbon dated it back about 800 years. And yet people have said, because the Gospel of Matthew notes that the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open after Jesus was crucified... So geologists have argued that an earthquake at Jesus' death could have released a burst of neutrons. The neutron burst not only would have thrown off the radiocarbon dating, but would have also led to the darkened imprint on the shroud. And I like this because people who want this to be Christ, who generally are not friends of science because they're religion, their defense of the shroud being real is neutrons. There was neutrons involved. It's definitely real. I'm not even sure if the Pope knows what a neutron is. He probably thinks it's like a rosemary bead. (laughs) What happens? Imagine if it was real, but it turns out it was one of the two thieves that it was crucified with. I'd love that. Mm -mm. All these people have been worshipping a bread thief. They'd love it. Yeah. Currently, the Catholic Church neither formally endorses nor rejects the Shroud. Pope John Paul II said the Shroud is a distinguished relic. A mirror of the gospel, his successor, Pope Benedict XVI, called it an icon written with the blood of a whipped man, crowned with thorns, crucified and pierced on the right side. Again, they're all just finding loyally ways of going, didn't say it was Christ, didn't say it wasn't. They're very good with words of these popes. Um, the Catholic Church's mm-hmm. stance is basically the same as anyone who's seen the modern Guns and Roses lineup. You know, it's not the <laughs> real lineup. But it does sound good hearing Welcome to the Jungle amplified in a stadium. So everyone's like, well, it's a pretty good cover band. I'll give them that. I think that's very much the, yeah. the Catholic Church's attitude to the Turin Shroud. So Axel Rose and Friends. Yeah, exactly. It actually looks a bit like Axel Rose, the uh, Turin Shroud, if you, if you blink hard mm. There are some Christian traditions that do totally recognise the Shroud, including Baptists, Catholics, Lutherans, Methodists, Orthodox, Pentecostals and Presbyterians, according to Wikipedia. Uh, several Lutheran parishes have hosted replicas of the Shroud for didactic and devotional purposes. I think everyone wants it to be real, but deep down everyone, including mm. Popes, know it's, it's not... Uh, I'm trying to see where we've got time. I'm trying to find what's absolutely relevant to this, especially considering I've already said no about four seconds into this episode. <laughs> Millions of people still flock to see it. The truth is, I would go and see it, and I don't believe it is, because I actually mm. think it's an interesting historical artefact, even though uh, it's not Christ. Yeah. You've got to admire the grift, haven't you? Absolutely. It's well-travelled, actually, because they've sort of done, like, carbon dating and they've looked at, like, various bits of plant life and plant DNA that have been on it, and they found all sorts, European spruce trees, Mediterranean clovers, ryegrasses and plantains, North American black locust trees, uh, a rare East Asian pear and plum trees. They've all left their mark on the cloth. Do you like a well-travelled man, Kath? I do, yeah, but not too well-travelled. Uh, because it sucks to go on holiday with someone and be like, oh yeah, the last time I was here, just shut up. Let's just enjoy this now. When I was here with my ex, actually, yeah. we had a, mm. a right laugh. It has been disputed as well. Geoscientist Rene Enervold says it's very difficult to identify correct plant source, so he might 
be lying about where he's travelled to, as in True and Shroud might be lying where he's been travelling. He might be making out is more interesting than he is. And basically, don't. Can you imagine? What I'm saying is, don't pick your boyfriends by carbon dating pollen that is on his lapel. <laughs> Fair dues. Can you imagine if it was just one scientist who'd had their fingers in all different types of soils that day <laughs> and then not wash their hands and just put their, their gammy fingers all over it? And people are like, wow, this has been everywhere. <laughs> It'd be like those doctors you always talk about from the 18th century who just like you know, perform gynecological operations on women, but 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 only wash their hands about twice a fortnight. Yeah. Also known as once a week. <laughs> Whether they need to or not. <laughs> there are some depressing facts for us about the Turin Shroud. In 2013, according to the New York Times, images of the Shroud were streamed on various websites as well as on television for the first time in 40 years. You know what this means, Kath? It means that this 800-year-old image of a ma- of an anonymous man who's been dead for nearly a thousand years has more of a web presence and more social media impact than this podcast or either of our, of our comedy careers. Oh, no. This, the Chew and Shroud could start a pod- video podcast and he could have more streams with us in a day than we've had in six weeks. God damn it. I hate religion. And he's not even capable of saying what historical figures he'd bang either because he's just a bit of cloth. God. That's it's unfair, isn't it? There's no justice in this world. <laughs> really, we put so much effort into this, and the Tune Shroud put absolutely no effort into that 2013 web stream. Look at him. No. Famous as anything. Ugh. Millions of visitors every yeah. year. According to scholarship.com, they did independent tests in 1988 at the University of Oxford, the University of Arizona, and the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, and I concluded with ninety concluded with ninety-five percent confidence that the shroud material dated to twelve sixty to thirteen ninety AD. Basically, not as old as Christ, it's all bollocks. Mm-hmm. As is the tradition with uh, anything to do with like Catholic and magic and miracles, you can buy Shroud of Turin merch. Yeah. You can buy bath and hand towels, which I really want, <laughs> but I know my wife would hate it. <laughs> I think they should make um, a, a, tr- a Shroud of Turin like carbon freezing thing you know when Han Solo gets frozen in in <laughs> carbon in Empire Strikes Back if you do one of those but for the Turin Shroud that'd be a nice bit of like mm-hmm. crossover merch Star Wars and Catholicism meeting in one together yeah absolutely I'd buy that historical hot or not so Kath uh would you rub the Turin Shroud on your fanny after hearing all that <laughs> you know what yeah uh, we're recording this just after episode six, where I made a point of how we rarely say no to anything. Literally, Kath <laughs> said, would you bang this dog from World War II? And I, after much deliberation, decided yes. And I've just said to Kath, would you bang this image of a dead man from 14th century Turkey? And she's a hard yes. Mm-hmm, with corpse juice on it. <laughs> well, I mean, it was going to be a no. But I thought I'd throw a curveball out there, <laughs> given how upset you were, how quickly I said no. You were allowed to say no. I was just annoyed that you were saying no straight away. He <laughs> was like, no, I'm not doing it, I did. And you were acting like I was being weird. <laughs> You're the one that brought the dog in in episode four. <laughs> that is true. And also, that was a main episode. I'm I'm being frivolous on a bonus bag. You did an entire full-length episode on, would you have sex with this dog? Mm-hmm. And you would. We all would. But actually what I said was at the time, I, I'll have to put my mind in the mind of a dog and would have sex with it. And, and the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. So what you should do is put yourself in the mind of a medieval forgery. Would you mm-hmm. have sex with this other medieval forgery? So if I was a bath towel, 
would I have sex? <laughs> if you were a bath towel with the image of Muhammad on it, would you have sex with a bath towel <laughs> with the image of Christ on it? Probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad image. You know, it looks all right on it, so I guess so. He's ripped, he's muscular, he's tall, he's got a beard, beards yeah. are in vogue right now. He's got a lot going for him. I I think I would, on the understanding that it would be, as previously discussed, in the museum that it's being housed in. <laughs> so you're not <laughs> interested in booking out a five-star hotel room, having a nice candlelit uh, meal. You're like, I want Japanese tourists to be photographing me while I bang the Turin Shroud. Yeah, it would be the for the hilarity of the utter disrespect (laughs) (laughs) of what I was to do. English comedian arrested in northern Italy for lewd conduct with historical artefacts. I guess it would be like all of the stuff that happened to the Mona Lisa, but much, much worse. And the Catholic Church would sort of pass a very, like, non-committal comment on what you'd done. Like, Mm. we're not saying... It was bad what she did. Neither are we saying what she's good. All we're saying is she stuffed an image of Christ in her family. That's all we're saying. Mm-hmm. They weren't married. That was bad. Well, there's another one. Again, I really want someone one day to actually draw the Bayo tap lattice for us. Because mm-hmm. uh, you're just going to have these lovely curveballs every now. It's like Jane Fool. Yeah. Lord Byron. Yeah. What a dog. What? <laughs> Joseph II of Austria. Yeah. Mary Shelley. Yeah. What is, is that? Is that a bath towel? How did a bath towel get on there? <laughs> uh, as always, buy our merch. Head over to Kofi, Hot Knot Pod. Yep. KO-FI.com forward slash Hot Knot Pod. Buy us a coffee or buy yourself some Johnnies. Either way, we'll make some money out of it. Yeah, we got some branded Johnnies. We got some branded uh, badges, which look great. We've test driven them. They ride like a, a Porsche. I I was on the bus earlier and a Porsche held us all up doing an 18-point turn so they could drop bread off at some fancy apartments. So (laughs) I've got Porsche on the mind. Um, But yeah, they have been road tested. Uh, Cass had sex with seven men in two days Mm -hmm. with um, different men. I had a couple of posh wanks. These things are good. You're buying some top brand Johnnies if you get a hot knot pod condom. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, do help us out financially. Uh, maybe we could do this uh, more regularly if you were able to financially support us. Don't be fooled by my nice looking lounge. Uh, I may be financially comfortable, but Kath is working class scum, so she could really do with the cash. Please. Be I am as poor as I look. So. Exactly, and you look uh, very poor, especially now after your diarrhea bout. <laughs> Stop telling people I had diarrhea. It was vomiting. It was both, and we know it, Kath. Come it on. Was... Very severe vomiting. <laughs> yeah, it never comes out of just one end. After food poisoning, because we've not brought it up in this episode, Aiden. We've not brought it up. All right, fine. I ship. I, I did a bit of shitting. <laughs> I just assumed it was period shits. We've all been there. <laughs> Even I've been there, and I don't menstruate. Anyway, I feel like I've I've said too much. <laughs> I think we've. I think the premise of this podcast is saying too much, Kath. Just saying way too much until people lose patience with us. Um, and I've seen the pod stats, and they've very much lost patience with us. Let's get this out there. Uh, and yet they're still listening. They're still listening. And for that, we thank you. <laughs> like a moth to a flame. We are a podcast car crash, and people cannot avert their eyes. Mm-hmm. See right. you all next week. Uh, it's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside of the coffin that counts. Stay horny, people. Yeah, keep banging, baby. 
You have been listening to Historical Hot or Not. If you'd like to contribute, we would fucking love that. So you can find us, we're at coffee, buy us a coffee. Uh, don't send it to us personally, it'll be cold by then. Uh, but it's co-b.com forward slash hot not pod. Uh, send us some coffee, not real coffee, send us the money for coffee. Episodes written by Aidan McCaffrey and Catherine Mather. Our wonderful logo is by Richard Todd. And all music by David Eagle. <laughs>